1: the FT. Hello and welcome to the FT Arts Podcast. Does bad language have a place in the opera house? Is the life of a stripper come reality TV star a suitable subject for operatic treatment? Can opera find a viable way of reflecting life and society today? I'm Andrew Clark, Financial Times music critic. And these are some of the questions we're going to be discussing today, following last night's world premiere at Covent Garden, of Anna Nicole, a new opera by 50-year-old English composer Mark Anthony Turnage. My studio guests are Gina Thomas, UK cultural correspondent of the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung, one of Germany's leading newspapers, and Laura Battle, FT staff writer and critic. All three of us attended last night's performance. With a libretto by Richard Thomas, an American best known for his contributions to Jerry Springer the opera, Anna Nicole tells the story of Anna Nicole Smith, a blonde Texan who worked as a stripper before winning fame as a playboy model, reality television star and actress. Aged 26, she married an 89-year-old billionaire, and she died of a drugs overdose in 2007 aged 39, leaving a high-profile legal battle still unresolved over her and her children's claim to his estate. Well, the opera, if one can call it that, was in two acts of an hour each. The first-night audience loved it. Gina, did you?
2: I think there can be no doubt that it was a terrific show and they pulled out all the stops. Whether it's actually opera... I'm not sure. I think it was very similar in many ways to Jerry Springer, the opera, which was a musical.
1: And the aspects of last night, Anna Nicole, that you felt were in common with Jerry Springer, the opera?
2: Well, I think the libretto, which seemed to me to be almost stronger than the music, seemed to drive the show, and that was very much in Jerry Springer. Genre, and also the portrayal of American, the absurdities of American life, which Jerry Springer made a lot of with the talk show format, the confessional talk show format.
1: What were some of the absurdities that came across to you last night?
2: Well, the uh, proletarian background, which Anna Nicole came from, which was caricatured, the lap dancing club, which was... There was a lot of caricature and a lot of satire in the whole evening.
1: Laura, how did you find it? Were you satisfied musically, or or did you feel it worked as drama?
2: Well, I agree
0: with Gina. I think it was a great show, Um, and I'm not so sure that it's a great opera. Um, I think Turnage's score, is, is there's a lot to enjoy about it. It's very slick big, brassy score, and it completely suits the subject matter. But I think that's part of the problem. It doesn't really take us beyond that, and um, it doesn't, I don't think, say anything particularly new or surprising. And I just wonder whether it would perhaps have worked better as musical theatre.
1: How much do you feel that uh, the libretto, the actual the substance of the story, was in hoc to the bad language that Richard Thomas seems to uh, specialise in, Laura?
0: I think there was a lot of that. I think the libretto was very witty, and it was it was more imaginative than I thought. I mean, there, there were all the familiar swear words in there, but um, there was a particular aria on breasts, which were, <laughs> went through a whole lexicon of different words for that, which was was quite entertaining. Um, but I think the production and the libretto were, in a way, enthralled to that kind of subject matter.
1: Apparently, in the rehearsal periods. The number of swear words and, um, let's say, sexual references was dramatically reduced. But it did seem to me that there were still an awful lot of them. Uh, Gina, do you think that this was germane to this figure, Anna Nicole Smith, what she was about as a dramatic figure? Or do you feel that actually this was rather um, gratuitous?
2: I think it's hard to say. In a way, the whole subject is slightly gratuitous in that it's designed to shock and it's designed to pull in a different public. I, I, I wasn't actually shocked by the language, really, uh, because I think they used it with a certain sense of irony. I mean, the lexicon of synonyms for breasts and the, the roll call of drugs and all that um, were, were done quite wittily. And with a sense of self irony as well.
1: Yes. How did you find the the rhyming? There were very simple lines, really, and there was there was an awful lot of um, rather trite, I would say, rhyming things like thong and wrong, and there were loads of things that, that were pretty basic like that. Do you feel that um, that played well musically?
2: Well, it had a certain rhythm to it, and it echoed or. All- I don't know if it echoed or the music echoed that rhythm. Quite um, repetitive at times Mm. in its rhythm as well. Um, I think that, yes, it was trite, but then I think it was designed to be easy. It was designed to be palatable. It's not a difficult piece.
1: Yes, very consumer-oriented. Yes, Mm. Mm. yes. But I just wonder, really, how much art there was in it. Um, Laura, did you feel that... Anna Nicole Smith's life was dramatised? Did you feel that she was actually characterised? Or was it pure narrative? And uh, did it need to be dramatised in any way? I mean, my own feeling was that it was very much a plain narrative that that was strung along as numbers. It was a, basically a numbers piece. Mm, mm. Did you get any feeling that there was a real element of dramatisation there?
0: I found the piece and the characters sort of curiously inert and... I thought that it lacked drama throughout. I mean, there was an effort to uh, suggest kind of undercurrents with Stern, the lawyer, reappearing and, and actually appearing at the start and he kept sort of popping back into scenes and also her mother, who kept reappearing as uh, almost like a sage-like figure that was sort of trying to put her right. But other than that, it was the story that we all... New in in great detail, served up
2: completely straight. I think the problem is that the uh, there was very little musical characterization. The figures, you know, you they the figures were identified more by the text than they were by the by the score, and uh, that seems to me a problem and made for a certain uniformity of the whole thing. So, the uh, dramatic tension. Went slightly, although I thought there was one. I thought the son singing after he died was quite uh, giving, the names of all the drugs in a rather eerie way, sort of slightly drug-induced atmosphere. I thought that was the only movement moment that moved me.
0: There were one or two moments like that, weren't there, when it actually calmed down and you had Stern's kind of monologue and she sang after her her uh, surgery you you got to have luck girls or something and it was it was one of those quiet moments i think it worked better and i agree it was otherwise you didn't get a sense musically of a well a kind of well-rounded character
1: i think that's very much the case and i think it's actually um Turnage seems to have bought into this kind of genre. It seems to me he didn't actually want to write a, an opera. He didn't want to write anything that um, had the uh, the feel of a traditional opera. Of course, his music itself has long had a strong jazz element, and so you got that feeling for America that, um, that his music gives. And there was a, a, tri- a jazz trio on stage at one point in the party scene. You heard jazz instruments, and, and there, of course there was a, quite a role for the saxophone in the pitch. Hit. The music, uh, although there was that jazzy element, it didn't, and it was smoochy and sometimes sleazy in places, it didn't really give much role to characterization, except in these very, very brief, there were some lovely. Uh, orchestral interludes, and in the these these arias, or, or if you can call them arias. And if we could just refer to the, uh, back to um, Anna Nicole Smith's son, uh, he was called Danny, wasn't he? And we saw hmm. him as a baby, yes. and hmm. then as a little boy without a part. And I don't think that person, that singer, who sang the aria of drug substances, actually, did he have anything else to sing other well, than? Well, I
2: thought that was the point, wasn't it? No, I mean he only sang when he was dead. Yes, he was, he was just up a, until yes, that point He wasn't. he never existed really properly, and I thought that did make a point in that she, you know, she treated him like a little toy, who she would cuddle and then and then um, put him away again. Mm, he'd bring her pills. Yes, that was his exactly. main role. And yeah.
1: But she, it did come out also, didn't it, that he was the only one who really loved her. Did that? Well, uh, he
2: was beholden. I mean, he's you know, he was he had nothing else. Yeah. I think there was
0: no sense of love in yes. it at all. Actually. yeah.
2: I thought one of the things that was quite well portrayed was her complete her her emotional clumsiness as well. For example, when she uh, sings to her dying, aged husband, uh, she 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 sort of says, "Come on, baby," but there's there's no real there's no emotion there whatsoever. Not only because she doesn't feel any love for him, but she's un- unable to express anything. She's she's emotionally crippled. I think that was the
0: source of some of the laughs as well, which made it occasionally feel slightly uncomfortable because a lot of the humour is just in her, in, in the way that she spoke and in the banal comments that she made and her lack of understanding ab- about the situation and about
1: emotion, as you say. So um we seem to feel that there wasn't that, much depth of characterization, and you could say that the title role herself in real life had no depth but um the opera or work or whatever you want to call it the musical I mean I saw resonances going back to um Kurt Weill and uh George Gershwin Gershwin, some of the musicals the pre Porgy and Bess musicals that, that Gershwin wrote which were very slick and satirical uh with these chorus lines that were very catchy but um I felt that uh, actually the opera wasn 't really so much about Anna and Nicole as about the whole culture of celebrity, for example, there were these dancers with heads that were shaped like um, cameras now how do you feel did, did it did this work last night raise broader issues about the society and the culture we live in? Um, What do you feel, Laura?
0: Well, I thought the way they they dealt with that was very clever, the way these dancers in black leotards came on, kind of faceless, with these big camera constructions on their head. You you got a sense that these were kind of parasites on on their lives, and that's how a number of the scenes closed, was just the the stage being flooded by them. And I think that the opera and the publicity certainly played to everyone's interest in, in celebrity and... It was sort of interesting that a lot of celebrities seemed to be there
2: on the first (laughs) night as well. It seemed to me that um, Covent Garden has used the very cult that this opera is polemicising against in a way uh, in order to promote this work. I mean, it's a work that's designed to pull the punters in, and I wonder to what extent um, Turnage was inhibited by this brief. It had to be something, you know, that got the public in.
1: But he chose the subject himself.
2: Yes, he did. But the way he u- he then approached it.
1: Yes. I feel, and I think it's come out in our discussion, that uh, the, the whole piece was hamstrung by the fact that there was a librettist who shaped it in a particular way. And it seems that Turnage, as you implied just now, went along with it with a different librettist... We could have had a very much mm. a very different opera, couldn't we? Mm. Um, I'm not saying a Votsek-type opera, but that Votsek still today, and it was first performed in 1926. Today, that is still shocking. Um, I don't think any of us were really shocked by it last night at all, and I think Turnage has it in him to write a much deeper work. Uh, so, really, by choosing Anna Nicole Smith. Was it right then that it turned out to be such a superficial work? Or do you think that given the potential of opera to express much deeper things, much uh, archetypal things about the human condition, was this a chance missed? Gina?
2: I think the characters, as we said, were never allowed to develop. I don't think the problem is the dumbness of Anna Nicole. Uh, I think perhaps one of the problems was that they made her out to be a victim when in some ways she was complicit in her own demise. And and they there's a lot about the American dream and uh, how awful it is. And there's a lot of caricature of the junk food, um, fast food culture. But um, it doesn't... You, you were never given time to, for a character to develop everything almost every song broke off before it had really started well, I think it 's
0: absolutely the right place for this i think it 's entirely valid as a subject matter for opera because in a way we 're f- flooded with this sort of stuff the whole time through all the other media and this is the only place where you can really isolate it and actually think about it and I think the the discussion that's generated you know throughout the press is is testament to that.
1: So, uh, just a very brief word about the performances. Um, do you think that uh, Eva Maria Vesbrook, the Dutch soprano who uh, sang the title role, did she fulfil her potential, Gina?
2: I think she did. I think it was a hugely difficult performance to sustain for two hours, in which she's almost on stage almost all the time, and I think she did a pretty good job.
1: And Jerry Finley as uh, the lawyer.
0: Yes, I mean he was deeply sinister and and slick and and unlikable. Um, I'd have liked to have heard more of him, I think. There was just that one monologue.
1: Finally, does Anna Nicole, the opera, the musical, whatever you want to call it, does it have a life beyond this current run of performances? Uh, do you think it will work in America? Do you think it will be snapped up by other companies? Laura?
0: I think it has a life, uh, I'm not sure how, for how long for. Um, I mean, it absolutely sums up the late 90s, early
2: naughties and I don't know how much longer it'll be relevant. Gina? I think it will. I'm not sure, like Laura, who can predict if it's going to go on, but I think it will be performed elsewhere.
1: Anna Nicole continues at the Royal Opera House London until March the 4th. So, thank you to our guests, Gina Thomas of the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung, and Laura Battle of the Financial Times. Thank you too to our producer, Griselda Murray-Brown. I'm Andrew Clark. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.
0: Selling a little or a lot?